Hey there, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... The Freelance Dance. So, Becky, you and I have both recently embarked on the freelancer life, albeit in slightly different ways. And no, we're not driving for Uber or running Skip the Dishes. We haven't quite joined the gig economy. Um, But yeah, we are freelancers. Mine is more of a side hustle. I still have my full-time employment, but you are completely freelance. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you because you and I have talked about this quite a bit with each other. But I'm curious, as we we talk about this, I I think our listeners will benefit from the slightly different perspectives and experiences we have when it comes to freelancing. No, I couldn't agree more, Miss Cara. And uh, I'm very excited to be having this conversation with you. Yeah, so I started my freelance copy editing editing business officially, uh, I would say, February of this year. And how long have you been doing your freelancing? Because I know you were doing it on the side for a while. And then when would you say you officially started your full-time business? Yeah, so I would say like on the side for probably like a little over a year, maybe like a year and a half. And then officially somewhere around like end of February, beginning of March of 2022. So fairly, fairly recently. Nice. Well, yeah. congratulations, because I know you've been working so hard and you're doing so well so far. Thank you. And congrats to you as well. You know, like I feel like any new endeavor, it's just that's like it's always the hardest to start something new. I feel like there can definitely be like a lot of fear around it or a lot of like uncertainty. And same with you. I mean, you're growing and you're learning and you know, you're getting clients, which is amazing to see. Thank you. Yes. So why don't you tell us what you do as a freelancer, and then I'll tell everybody what I do. Yes. So as a freelance copywriter, I help B2B, which means business to business, and B2C, which is business to client uh, companies, with their copy. So that could be drafting up uh, email copy, landing pages for their websites, uh, ads, articles, blogs, um, basically anything for like promotional material. Um, And my industries are finance, tech, and careers. So that could be like executive recruiters or career coaches. Um, And then most recently, I've added a new service to help individuals and businesses obviously on LinkedIn to write up their about section because I feel like that is really what is going to sell people and like who that person is, um, who they help, what they do exactly. Um, so yeah, and I feel like a lot of people haven't been utilizing it very well or or at all in some cases. So I've like really seen 
the need for it and I want to like help these individuals, which feels really great. I love how you've identified your niches, your specialties. <laughs> you know, I think that's really important because yeah. sometimes people can be all over the place and then it's hard to find your target clientele, right? It's so true. Yeah. Like I think a lot of the times people want, like they don't want to narrow in so specifically because they feel like they're going to be excluding others, but it's, I don't know, it's almost, it almost works in the exact opposite way. It's like once you do narrow down who your target audience is, it's like those are the people that will be like coming to you. And let's say you do get people, like I, I do, do get businesses from other industries it's like i'm not gonna just turn them down because they don't fit into those three main categories it's just that those three main categories are more likely to be the ones coming to me or i'll be the ones like attracting them in general if that makes any sense yeah but yeah tell us what you do miss cara so i am a copy editor as well as a stylistic editor so like you, I work with copy, but on the editing side rather than the writing side. So once somebody like yourself has written a piece of copy for a website or a magazine or something, then my job is to read it and make edits that are quite granular. So a copy editor comes in at the end of the process. I'm not the kind of editor who's like, oh, you know, you need to expand on this. You need to, you know, more ideas here. Um, I do the nitty gritty spelling and grammar and fact checking and consistency you know i'm the one who makes sure that if you hyphenated a term at the beginning of the article you're still hyphenating it towards the end because english is a weird language and some, there's a lots of uh lots of different conflicting sort of rules you can have and so i'm the one who comes in and really kind of enforces some kind of order in the chaos that is the written english language Ooh, I like that. It's yeah. so true because you could be a really great writer, but you could, you know, miss grammatical, stylistic pieces and components. And like you said, you're the person that comes in and like does like the polishing up, which is so essential. Yeah, I, I always tell clients and potential clients, I say, my job is to sweat the small stuff, right? Like, yes, you have yeah. written a wonderful piece. I am here to make sure that the punctuation is where it should be, right? Did you use the right hyphen or dash there? Like these are those little details that as a writer, you may not be paying attention to, not because you're a grammar slob, but just because <laughs> you're too focused on making sure that you're actually, you know, writing coherently. Yeah, um, totally. Sometimes you're in a rush, you know, sometimes you're too close to a piece. Yeah. So I, I mean, I have to say like, you are one of the reasons I got into doing this because ah, for a long time prior so to sweet. deciding to make this leap into actual freelance copy editing, mm -hmm. uh, I, I was editing your stuff just ad hoc informally for free yep. um, because I enjoyed doing it for you. You know, I didn't do it for everybody. I just, I just did it for you. And I also did that with my other best friend who was doing her dissertation and in that case, I was doing more like structural editing with her, but I, I, some of what I was doing was stylistic and copy editing. And when she finished her dissertation, she hired a professional copy editor to do that final pass on it, which totally made sense. But, you know, she paid like between two and three thousand dollars for that. <laughs> and yeah, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, like I could do this for money, you know, and then mm -hmm. I look at 
other copywriters work because I end up on all these pages that have clearly been written by some kind of freelance copywriter. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. Honestly, like the quality of the content turned out for some of these websites is terrible. You know, and my first thought is always, Rebecca would do a way better job with this. My second thought is, like, do they have an editor? And if they do, their editor's not very good. Yeah. And then I I started taking these courses through Queen's University. And I love my my call, the the people I've made professional connections with there. But I, I was realizing that I had a lot more skills and knowledge than many of the people taking these courses, which was kind of reassuring, Mm. right? I was like, hey, okay, I actually, I know that I can do this. I know I'm a good editor. And I'm also a really good writer, but I've deliberately chosen not to do copywriting because writing for me, uh, I do it a lot on my, on you know, for like my book reviews and my blog posts. And I feel like if I, I started trying to get paid for that, it might dampen my passion for those side projects that I do for fun. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to separate out like, okay, writing is something I do for fun. Editing is something I'm getting paid for. And nice. so far that seems to be working. But yeah, I, 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 for a long time, I didn't think I could freelance because I'm not a very outgoing, extroverted person. I was really nervous about setting rates and stuff. But mm-hmm. I had this moment where I'm like, I am a good editor. People deserve, you know, to have me edit their stuff. You deserve to have me as an editor. And, and I should get paid for it. So. I've put myself out there and it's been quite a journey so far, but I'm happy that I'm doing this. And you have been one of my sources of inspiration for that. Aww, that's like the ultimate compliment. And it's really nice that you've been able to see your value and you've been able to see like the gaps, um, like just overall, right? Like for a business, if they're, they don't have like the, the proper copywriting and then you're you're seeing like okay they actually have mistakes like they actually don't even have like the proper like editing side to things and Mm -hmm. I think yeah I think that's just so wonderful that you've been able to make that transition into freelance copy editing and I'm beyond proud of you by the way Thank you. So, so I'm doing mine as kind of a side hustle. You know, I, I'm still yeah. teaching full time because, you know, I, I'm not ready to give up the benefits of that job, both literally benefits and, and the stable mm-hmm. income and stuff. I got a mortgage to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what's going to happen? You know, maybe I'll keep this as a side hustle. Maybe I'll decide to take a break from it. Maybe it'll become a full time job one day. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. open to the possibilities. But I decided, you know, there's two main reasons I did this. One was I wanted to make extra money because teachers are not paid great, uh, especially adult and cod ed teachers like me. Mm-hmm. We didn't get good raises last contract negotiations. And I don't know what's going on this fall. So um, car needs more money. And also I wanted to challenge myself because the past couple of years of the pandemic have really kind of put a strain on my relationship with my career as a teacher And I haven't felt like I've really had the energy or drive to challenge myself in terms of being a teacher. I hope that changes going forward. But this, like taking courses, setting up my business, actually working with clients, it is a new way for me to grow. So that's why I started my business. Becky, what made you choose to go from, you know, your marketing position 
into copywriting and and specifically because like you could have applied for copywriting jobs at other companies why did you decide to go the freelance route yeah so like you said i could have easily applied for a full-time job and at the time i was desperately looking for another full-time job but more so in marketing i was just applying to companies where i felt like okay they have a good company culture Um, Similar to you, I started freelancing just to earn extra income because I, you know, living in Montreal is expensive and Becky likes nice shit. So there we go. (laughs) But anyway, I did actually uh, take a bit of a break from my job just because I was feeling burnt out. I'm sure like many people have felt during the pandemic and maybe still are feeling And I feel like when you're stuck in a job that you're not feeling fulfilled or stimulated, the pandemic has kind of just like amplified those feelings. So I took a break and then every single time. You also really liked working from home, which you discovered. And I think you were very surprised by that because I remember when this started, when things shut Mm -hmm. down and you brought home like your computer and stuff from the place you were previously working, you were... Mm -hmm telling me you're like oh Cara I hope we're not shut down for more than like a week or two I hate this yeah and then here we are a year later and you're like I never want to go back into the office Cara and yeah I was I was surprised too because you are such you know you're stimulated by being around other people so I was very surprised that you've flourished so much in your home office environment Mm -hmm. Um, but it makes sense now right like you you chose a route that would also let you avoid potentially having to go back to working in an office, you can work from home and you can set your hours. And if you're lonely, you can go work in a cafe. Yeah. Like there are definitely moments where I have to be conscious of that and be like, you know, some days I don't have meetings set. And some days the only person I talk to could be you, could be my roommate, which is great. But sometimes I still feel like there are days when I'm not as stimulated. So I But I have the choice, right? Like you said, I have the choice to go to a cafe. I can go to a co-working space if I wanted to, Um, you know. But I also have to be conscious that I am someone who ends up like talking to people. And then that that means like I'm not necessarily getting as much work done. So yes, and they have like a new friend. Basically, what I was saying was every single time I tried – to apply to another marketing position like I just didn't have the energy I just didn't have like the passion within me like it just Mm -hmm. reached a certain point where I was like okay like I am being let go from this job um and that's fine because they just had to make cuts and it was honestly like an ideal situation because I had considered doing freelance I was just scared like most people um and kind of what I said earlier was that's the scariest part is actually going into something because there's so many unknowns. And I totally understand that because your income isn't guaranteed. You don't know what things are going to look like from day to day. If you've never had a business before, or it's basically like you now have all of this responsibility, but yet you have like all of this freedom at the same time. So for me, it was great like it's a it was a great blessing in disguise of being like okay I'm kind of being pushed into freelance because 
there was just no other option for me. It was like I didn't want to go and work for another company. I didn't want to have to answer to someone like a boss necessarily or like one specific company. It's like I was like, okay, I think this is the moment that I'm just going to go into this and this is scary as hell, but I have faith in myself and I have a great support system around me like you and like other amazing friends and I knew like my family was going to support me like, I mean, like not financially, but you know, like support me with their love no matter what. So very grateful for that. I'm reminded of how four years ago, my friend, you moved to Montreal with no job, no place Mm -hmm. to live other than staying with a friend for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's the same story. Like you made it work. You're just like, okay, I'm in this new city. I have no choice but to find a job, find a place to live. Like you you basically threw yourself out of your parents' home um, and your home city (laughs) um, and and lit, lit that fire under yourself and you're very good. You're very good at thriving in challenging situations. Uh, And again, like I said, you've been an inspiration to me. I don't know if I would have become a freelancer if I hadn't seen Mm. you you make those footsteps first and I get to kind of follow in your footsteps. But Mm. I'm also blazing a trail in my own way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Because every, I think too, every business is going to look a little bit different. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, like, yeah, I'm not like I try to be organized, of course, but be I think maybe because I don't know, maybe my brain is more like on the creative side of things. It's like I will just come up with like these I like these ideas will kind of just like come to me and I'm like, okay, I think I just have to like try this thing mm-hmm. and like see how it works. Um but yeah, so that's basically why I got into freelancing full time was because it, I just had this nice little little shove into it and it was like it had been building you know for a little for a while behind the scenes and then it was like okay I think now is the time and I think what I would also like to say and it's very true it might sound a little bit cliche but you're never going to feel 100% ready before you start doing something like I felt probably you know 65% But I was like, oh, there's so many more unknowns. Like, I'm pretty sure I can do this. I already have a bit of a client base. But there are still so many unknowns. Like, I don't have benefits. And how am I going to figure out this whole tax thing? And you know what I mean? It's like, I, and still to this day, I have these moments of like, yeah, I feel overwhelmed because I'm doing every single aspect. I'm in charge of my marketing. I'm in charge of the branding. I'm in charge of connecting with people and building these relationships. And that's just the working on my business and like Mm -hmm. versus like, what is it to be like working in the business, like actually sitting down and, you know, writing pieces for clients and then, you know, having maybe a bit of back and forth with you because (laughs) I'm like, okay, Cara, here's like five articles for this week. (laughs) But Anyway, so my point is, is you're never going to feel totally ready before you start doing something. And that's perfectly fine because that's where you're going to grow. Well said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank (laughs) you.
Yeah, I know you had mentioned like some of your challenges and fears. Do you feel like there's like a big challenge that you're dealing with right now or what are some of the fears that you're experiencing when it comes to freelance copy editing? Well, I'm still in the early days, right? So I think my challenges are motivational, feeling like I'm making progress, growing my business, getting clients, right? It's hard starting a business. It's hard finding clients, especially in a field like editing where, Mm -hmm. you know, as a freelancer, it's not like I have a company sending me work all the time. I need people to know that I exist as an option. And then I need them to come to me and I need them to have something that needs to be edited, right? Um, so mm-hmm. it, it, it is challenging. I tried running ads on social media, didn't really get any buy-in. Um, I've been trying hard to network on LinkedIn, but I'm very afraid of networking. And you and I have had a lot of conversations about that You mm-hmm. know, as an introvert. It's something that doesn't come naturally to me. So this has been very challenging in a good way. Uh, Another challenge, which I think you can really identify with as well, is just how we deal with clients, especially difficult clients. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I I haven't had too many difficult clients yet, mostly because I haven't had too too many clients. Uh, I think in my case, my my difficult clients would be probably um, things where I'm still learning how to communicate with them, how to make my expectations clear. Um, how to charge people what I'm worth, you know, and I've had situations where I've quoted somebody a rate or a project fee, and then I realize it was lower than it should be, or I didn't factor in something. And I don't want to go back on what I quoted them, but I'm making this mental note. I'm like, damn, like next time, Cara, that somebody comes to you with this type of project, you need to do this up front so that there's no surprises, that you're not changing things on them. But this is what you should actually be charging them, right? So I'm learning a lot from the mistakes that I make. And then I also have clients where they'll contact me, have a nice chat. I'll feel good. I'll follow up. And they'll be like, I'm not ready to edit yet. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. You know, Mm -hmm. or they're like, yeah, I'll get it to you in like three weeks. And I'm like, okay. You know, I'm I'm very organized. I'm very on top of things. I, I will reply right away to people's messages which I think is really good as a business person, right? I don't want to be, you know, leaving you in the dark, leaving you on red for three days. But I'm starting to realize that uh, many of my clients are probably going to be a little bit less organized than I am. Um, and I'm going to have to take that into account in my communications and in how I do business. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm not here to badmouth anybody. I just think that I am learning this process because that's what they can't teach you in a course right they can teach you skills they can talk to you about the industry but when it comes to actually interacting with your clients that is a learning curve well i think that could probably be said about like the entire business like you can have all this information you can read all the business books um but at the end of the day it's like when you're not actually in it, you're. It's just you, how how are you going to apply it? And also, even I think what you kind of made me think of is sometimes you do need to be making those mistakes. And trust me, I've had moments too where I've quoted someone and then 
you know, yeah. I sleep on it. And then the night and then the next day I'm like, oh, my God, I think I quoted them a little bit too low because you're kind of walking this fine line of you want to attract people, but not because you necessarily have like the lowest price. So you're trying to be fair to yourself and you're trying to be fair to the clients because you also want to retain clients. I think something that I recently learned was like don't necessarily give like a like just because like a friends and family discount. I mean, maybe for certain people, right? Like obviously mm-hmm. if you asked me to like write something for you, I'd be like, oh, I'll just do it for free because of how much you've edited for me or or whatever, right? It's and you can also do it I think I think something nice too is you can also consider like an exchange of services. Like what sure. I recently did is I have a connection that was interested in copywriting and she wanted to get more into it. So she said, I'd love to pick your brain. And I said, sure. I've never really like consulted someone. So I kind of want to like use you as a guinea pig, right? And then I kind of looked at her services and she does tarot card readings and she does a couple of other things, but I was specifically interested in the tarot card readings. So I said to her, okay, we're going to sit down. I'm going to give you tips. I'm going to, you know, I made up like a one and a half page document for her. And then we ended up like going through her LinkedIn as well. And then I said, and I'm also going to follow up with you in a week to see where you're at with like your next steps. So there is like a bit of an, an accountability aspect to it too, which is nice. And then she ended up giving me a tarot card reading. And I was like, this is a really nice thing to do because I'm not a fan of working for free, but if you see value in what someone else is offering and you can provide them value as well, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah. And then, I mean, I have a lot of the same (laughs) challenges and fears as you do. I think just with freelancing in general, you have to expect that there are going to be times that aren't as busy and that's okay because you can take a bit of a pause and consider your processes, connect with individuals, do like more networking, maybe, you know, like right now in the midst of writing a LinkedIn article. <laughs> I really hope that by the time we publish this, that LinkedIn article has been published. <laughs> I hope so too. I could drop a link into the show notes. I know, right? I think this is like my accountability right here. <laughs> so this is good. <laughs> Listeners, if Becky hasn't published that oh. article by now, write into us. We just like to talk to you about my wrist. Shame her. There we go. I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> shame me into writing that article. So yeah, so I, you know, and I experience moments of fear where I'm like, uh-oh, you know, let's say in the last like week, it's been a little bit slower. And I've had moments where I've seen, because LinkedIn will still notify me of like copywriting jobs. Like sometimes they're freelance, sometimes they're not. And I'm not going to lie. There is a job recently for a tech company, which I have experience in, and they posted their salary as like $100,000 USD. And I was like, that's appealing. That's amazing. I mean, I'm not opposed to working for money because, yeah, at the end of the day, you have to pay your bills. But then I'm like, it's not – and sorry, that's not to say I'm not going to apply to it because I could just send – shoot off my resume and that's fine too. But I think the approach now is like, am I just doing things like out of fear? Because 
that's not necessarily good. And I don't just want to have this like fight or flight reaction to things, right? It's like, that's okay if there's a bit of a pause. Like I, at the end of the day, I will be fine. And I know that the clients will come in and I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like sometimes like when it rains, it pours. Oh, you know? for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm not swimming in clients yet myself, but when it comes to like getting bites from people, either through yep. LinkedIn or other means, like last week, I had three different people talk to me about editing work. Yeah. You know, nothing the week before, nothing so far this week. It's just like, oh, okay. No. Um, it's interesting <laughs> how that happens. So especially when you have like a little bit more of that downtime, mm-hmm. um, what are some things you've been doing that you found helpful, either in terms of you know, professional development, shall we say, honing your skills mm-hmm. or things you've done that have kind of helped you improve your confidence as a business owner? I feel like when I'm having these pauses, I think one of the things I turn to is like networking. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm, you know, even if I can make a bit of a goal or maybe gamify it a little bit and say, mm-hmm. Every day I'm going to connect with five new individuals on LinkedIn or I'm going to look through my messages and see like, you know, is there someone I can continue a conversation with or is there someone who might be interested in my services and maybe I set up a one-on-one call with them. So that's like definitely something. And then just in general, like just working on my LinkedIn, like you know, recently, as you know, I edited my about section um, just because I felt like my previous one was kind of more talking about the marketing side of things. And I'm like, well, I'm not in mark. You know, I am doing an aspect of marketing, but I'm not like for a refresh. Yeah. Time for a refresh. Exactly. And then maybe when it comes to skills, I would say like taking like LinkedIn courses or, um, yeah, just considering maybe like writing courses as well. Like mm-hmm. I know that I was too busy, you know, two months ago. I was like, there's no way I can add something else to my plate right now. But there is like a creative writing certificate I'm considering taking from yeah. Concordia. So imagine Concordia just like sponsored this podcast and they're like, Car and Rebecca, like <laughs> here's some free classes. Be like, yes. That we, actually we are open really to sponsorships cool. from almost anybody. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not picky at this point. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so and then also can so like considering diff- different aspects, right? So it's like um looking at where you can improve on or build more connections, refine your skills. And then also is there anything on my actual business? So like my processes, like I can always revisit those and or like project management tools. I've been looking into some of them and thinking like, okay, what can I really implement into this? Or sitting down registering. With an yeah, sitting down, <laughs> sitting down with an accountant, which I've been putting off a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, and what about you? What are th- some things that have helped you along the way? Yeah, I think it's so interesting. You and I definitely have some different approaches, especially when it comes to what we do to level up our skills. You know, you're all about mm-hmm. the LinkedIn courses and mm-hmm. uh, these little like mentoring workshops and stuff. I know you've got that one group that you keep meeting with uh, every so often. Yep. 
and that's not really my style. You know, I, I'm so much of an autodidact. I, I love just teaching myself stuff, um, you know, kind of independently, less about like collaborating with other people. And I mean, I'm not saying I'll never do one of those things because I do see the value in them just as, you know, as you do stuff independently yourself. But you and I definitely have different preferences when it comes to which modes of learning we want to, to engage in. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, I, I did start off so starting last September, uh, taking courses through Queen's University. So these are online courses. There's five of them. And altogether, once you've finished all five, you get what's called a professional editing standards certificate, which is aligned to the professional editing standards from Editors Canada, which is the, the body of editors here in Canada. So uh I, I initially started taking it because back in September, I wasn't sure I wanted to freelance yet. I hadn't made that decision, but I'd been thinking about it. And I figured this would be a good way to kind of get my feet in the water, challenge myself. I'm like, okay, I mean, I've got a little bit of capacity here. Let's take this course. Let's see what it's like. Like I was saying earlier, I, I have a lot of the skills that you need for the, these types of editing but I have no experience with the industry itself. And, and these courses, they do include some aspects of like, this is what you need to consider as a freelance editor. You know, the instructors are professional editors, like they know what they're doing. So definitely, you know, well worth the money I'm spending on that. And I'm feeling so good that I'm almost done that, that certificate. Um, and yeah, I, I would encourage, you know, anybody who's looking to get into freelancing, definitely invest in yourself, you know, whether it's courses through a university or a college or LinkedIn courses, uh, anything like that, whatever, you know, matches your styles, like do it, even if it's going to cost you some money, obviously you got a budget and, and, you know, don't go way into debt for this, but like spend a little bit of money on yourself and your skills because it's going to make you feel more confident. Ooh, well said. I love that. Yeah. And even if you can like invest in the equipment that you're using. <laughs> Actually, speaking of being inspired, I know that I mentioned the uh, creative writing certificate, but honestly, I don't think I would have considered something like that if I hadn't heard your experience with your courses at Queen's. And you've definitely inspired me to at least have that on my radar am i taking it right now no but mm. you know am i considering it for september absolutely and that's not to say i can't look into like other writing certificates because there's like a million out there i'm sure but <laughs> this is one that just kind of piqued my interest and i was like okay there's also only three classes you need to take so it's not going to be you know super lengthy or super expensive yeah. right so speaking of speaking of that, other than like that yeah. initial certificate and stuff, do you have other goals or are there other things looming in your mind as like these are milestones that I'm, you know, eager to hit one day in my freelancing career? Ooh, such a good question. I love this. So part of me does feel like like, yes, I so yes, I do have some goals and milestones, and I'll get to that in a second. But part of me does feel more like I am just kind of going with the flow because I think 
things can change along the way and you won't necessarily be able to predict it. So I'll give you a good example, which is the people coming to me and asking me for advice about freelance copywriting, okay? Before, when I was applying to other marketing positions and I was, you know, looking for a full-time job, I was considering other career options. And one of those was as a career coach because I'm like, okay, this is an interesting profession. I've always been interested in psychology. I'm really good with people. I think I can like develop these skills and I want to help people like find what they're not just like passionate about, but where they can utilize their skills the best. So yeah, like while copywriting, you know, I've seen this like also need or this value to help individuals kind of get into freelance copywriting because it can be very daunting because people are like, well, where do I start and how do I do this? Like, it's just all very abstract and, you know, there's not just one way to do this as a, as a either side hustle or full-time profession. So that's something that I've just been like working on recently is like, okay, yes, I love copywriting and I'll continue doing that, but hey, there's this other side where I can actually do some consultations and that's really cool. And I wouldn't have predicted that it would look like this. So I think like leaving room, like leaving some room open to grow and expand and have new goals and to change, I think is really important. But I also think having certain goals is nice too, right? So um, I do have like a like a list that I made of like just certain goals, like for writing in general and like, you know, want to do some sort of writing certificate and then just like have like an online portfolio. I think that's super important. Not necessarily, like not the most necessary right now, um, but somewhere down the line. And then <laughs> I did have this goal where I like wrote it down. Um, I wrote it down like last year and I was like, that'd be really cool to get paid like $500 for one article. So I think it's possible and like I'm not just in it for the money, but hey, that's kind of nice. That's kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What are your, what are some of your goals and things that you're looking forward to? I definitely want to gain more experience editing different types of writing, different disciplines. So I hope to edit my first dissertation this summer. Well, like I said, I've already done that on the side for my friend, but professionally speaking, uh, I'm really excited to do that. I would love maybe in like another year or so to get the assignment to edit somebody's manuscript, like for a book. I think that would be really cool. So taking on like these bigger projects would be exciting. And then more generally, just like, I'd love to land a little bit of a roster of a few more clients like yourself who will just send me articles here and there to edit kind of like a couple times a week or so. Uh, I figure like if I could have like even just two or three pretty solid clients and it doesn't have to be like long term, right? I could have like one client for a couple months and then maybe somebody else comes along. Um, I would like that not just for the income but because that will help me grow in terms of how I manage my projects and my time, you know, right now, because I'm still starting out, it's very easy for me to say yes to people, right? It's like mm-hmm. people are coming to me and it's like, Hey, Cara, I might need you for something. I'm like, okay, I'm open. I have all the time in the world. 
And I'm very <laughs> interested. I'm very excited to get to a point where I'm telling people like, sure, I would love to edit for you in two months. Sure, I would love to edit for you. Um, let's have a discussion about how much time you need from me, right? Like, it not only will it be good because it makes me seem more successful, right? But it's like, these are things I need to learn as a business person, especially as somebody whose business is a side hustle. I've got another full-time job. Like, these are skills I have to learn in order to be successful. So that will be a milestone for me, will be where I have enough work that I'm starting to have to manage that work. Oh, I love that. And I can totally see you getting there. Honestly, I just think it's going to be a matter of time. I agree. And I appreciate all the support you've given me. Like I've said, you're just such a great cheerleader. I love our friendship. I love doing this podcast with you. And I love that we're doing our freelancing journey together. Same. It's, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to, you know, share in the wins and the, and the challenges, right? Yeah. Having that support. So Becky, if people want to support us, if they want to shower us in praise, if they want to hire us, how Woo! can they get in contact? Oh my gosh. Well, we have a Facebook page. We just like to talk, which I know I've said this last time. I'm like, yeah, I need to update that. <laughs> um, Accountability. Listeners, write in and check uh, the Facebook page. Right? I haven't seen the Facebook page updated. Yeah, you can find us on LinkedIn. My URL is Rebecca Scott, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-S-C-O-T-T, and there's a dash at the very end, uh, Miss Cara. How about you? I'm Cara Babcock, and I'll put links to both of our LinkedIn profiles in the show notes. And that's because you're organized. (laughs) You're organized and on top of shit. Um, Yeah, and if you want to email us with any questions or comments or you just want to say hi at we just like to talk at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We'll update you one of these days on how our freelancing is going. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the end of the year, that'd be kind of cool. Do like a year-end review. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, guys. (laughs) Peace.